So, is Moshe getting old or forgetful? Or is there a deeper reason for the changes that he makes when he retells the story of the spies in the first chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, Sefer Devarim, which we are going to read tomorrow on Shabbat? That will be the question we're going to answer today on the Tanakh Talks podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Tanakh Talks podcast. I'm Yaakov Beasley, broadcasting from Alon Shfut in the hills overlooking Yerushalayim. This Shabbat, we begin to read the book of Deuteronomy, Sefer Tvarim. In rabbinic thought, it's called Mishneh Torah, which is what Deuteronomy means, the second telling of the law. And it contains three major sections. The first four chapters are our history lesson, reviewing the history of the Jewish people to the people who are about to enter the land of Israel. Then Moshe goes through a 22-chapter extravaganza, going through all the going through all the issues of faith and all the issues of practice together from chapters 5 to 26. Then he renews the covenant with the Jewish people. That is the main structure of the book of Devarim. We're going to look at one chapter today, the first chapter, in which Moshe retells the story of the spies. 38 years beforehand, as described in Numbers 13, Parakid Gimel in Bamidbar, Moshe Rabbeinu and the people sent 12 spies to Israel. The results of their mission were disastrous. It led to a degree of wandering for 40 years in the desert, the death of an entire generation, and according to rabbinic thought, this took place on Tisha B'Av, the ninth day of Av, which we are commemorating in two days, the day which is traditionally associated with the destruction of temples 1 and 2, and many other tragedies in Jewish history. There are many contradictions, however, between what happened, or at least the way the story is told in the book of Numbers, Sefer B'Midbar, and what we see here. There are missions, changes, and the question we're going to ask is, why is Moshe making these changes? Let's just list a couple of the changes. In Parshat Shlach, it is Hashem who commands Moshe to send the people. In our story, in Devarim Perak Aleph, in Deuteronomy 1, it is the people themselves who come to Moshe and take the initiative and say, please send for us spies. Verse 22, And all of you approached me, and said, Let us send men ahead of us, that they will search out the land for us and bring us back word by which route we should go up and by which cities we will come. In Shlach, God actually names who should go, and Moshe sends them on their way. In our parsha, the people don't recommend anybody who should go for them, and Moshe just gives them to 12 people. Our parsha tells us exactly why they're going as well. In chapter 1, verse 22, they say, Let us go and reconnoiter and spy, and so we should know which way we should, the army should go in. This doesn't appear to be what is going on in the story as it's told in the book of Numbers. In the book of Numbers, we hear, tell me if the land is good or not, and they in fact describe how they come back and bring fruit. Perhaps most significantly, however, is the role of the spies afterwards. In the Numbers, it is the spies who cause the people to lose faith. They're the ones who say, we are we're like grasshoppers. It is they who say, we cannot go in. We are not strong enough to go in. If you look carefully in the story in this week's Parsha, in Devarim 1, the role of the spies is minimized. It almost disappears. It says, the spies come back and say, It's very good. But you, the people, do not want to go up. Meaning it's not the spies that made the mistake and made the error. It's the people. How do we explain all these contradictions and distinctions and omissions and changes in the story? The first approach is the approach of the Rishonim. Generally, when faced between two accounts that apparently contradict each other, the approach of the medieval commentary was always to harmonize between the two. For example, take Rashi. If Numbers says Hashem told Moshe to send the people, 
and Deuteronomy. Devarim says the people asked Moshe to send people. Rashi goes back to Numbers and says, wait a second, it says Shalach Lecha. Hashem didn't say send people, he said, if you want, then you can send. Meaning that Rashi is trying to harmonize the story in Bamidbar with what happens in Devarim. When in Devarim it says that the spies say that the land is good, Rashi will say here, not all the spies, only Kalev and Yehuda. Meaning he's interpreting the book of Devarim based on what happened in Bamidbar. This is an approach called harmonization, and many times it's a very effective approach. A second approach that doesn't try to harmonize between the two accounts is an approach I've heard from many of my teachers here in Gush, Rabbi Yoni Grossman, Rabbi Amnon Bazak. And they say you have to look at the context. Who is the audience involved? But Midbar is telling me what happened. This is a play-by-play -play account as it occurs. The spies come, they make this speech, and the people react. We come to Deuteronomy, Devarim, it's 38 years later. It's a new generation. The spies are no longer there. They've been dead for almost four decades. To retell what the spies said is meaningless. Rather, Moshe is trying to focus the attention of the people on where the responsibility lies. The responsibility does not lie in what the spies said, but in how the people reacted. If Moshe tells them the spies made the mistake, the people will say, well, that was the spies' fault, they're not here nowadays. But when he tells them, here's how the people reacted to the spies, that's a lesson that the people can take with us. How do we react when people tell us these things? Are we, do we lose our faith in Hashem, or do we go forward? A final approach, and a very creative approach, is that of Rav Elchanan Samet. I'll say it very briefly. Rav Samet notes that there are two separate missions, as it were. But there's one story. How is this possible? Well, the people come to Moshe and say, send a military mission. But if you look carefully in Numbers, in Bamidbar, chapter 13 and 14, the words for spying on a military, with military connotation, l'ragel, l'achpor, l'achkor, none of them appear. There's only one word appears, and that is the word latour, to scout. What type of scouting is it? This is not a military preparation. for. Rather, Hashem, who had given the land to the people, told Moshe, send 12 leaders so that they can see the land and then choose which areas they want to live in on their own. In fact, if you look carefully at the question Moshe has asked the people, if you look carefully at the question that Moshe asked the 12 people going into the land, they're not military questions. Rather, they're trying to decide which area of land would each tribe like to take. And therefore, God is the one who appoints which person from each tribe, which representative, which nasi is going to go to the land. Suggested Rav Samet something very fascinating. This was the original command. The people, however, turned to Moshe and say, well, if they're going to do this mission, why don't you give them another mission as well? A military mission. Let them scout out the land so that we can know which way we should go. Moshe thinks, well, I can kill two birds with one stone. What a brilliant idea. And so he sends it with not one mission, which is to simply report on whether the land is good or not, but two, survey the land, but also give me a military report. The mistake, of course, is that the scouts, whose only qualifications were to decide which parts of the land they would like to take or not, assume for themselves, and this delegation comes back, makes its negative recommendations, and ultimately the people do not go into land. Now imagine what would have happened if Moshe sent the first delegation only to scout the land for future division, and then quietly sent two people, like Joshua did in Jericho, to give a military recommendation. They could come back, give Moshe their private report, and Moshe could act with this report, and if it was negative, it wouldn't send the people into a panic. 
But this unfortunately motion made the mistake, as it were, to kill two birds with one stone, says Rav Samet, and this is what led to the destruction. Whatever explanation we adopt for the contradictions between the two stories, between Numbers and Deuteronomy, between Sefer Bamidbar and Sefer Devarim, it is clear that what Moshe is doing in Sefer Devarim is thought out. And we have to pay close attention to the details of these accounts. And what appears to be small changes carries within it tremendous significance. Shabbat Shalom. This is the Tanakh Talks podcast from Alon Shfud in the hills overlooking Jerusalem.